It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. There was a recent article published by David Pereira, and uh, it's titled, Does it make sense for developers to wear the Scrum Master's hat? Uh, it looks like this was originally published in Go Retro, but it's a good article, and he starts out by posing the questions, who is the Scrum Master, and do you need a dedicated person for this role? Now, I know that I have my thoughts on this. My thoughts are that, yes, you need a dedicated Scrum Master. If you understand the responsibilities of a Scrum Master and what they actually do, then it doesn't make sense not to have a Scrum Master because you're losing out on a lot of valuable things that you could be having if you have a Scrum Master. So he goes on to say, until 2020, Scrum used to have three roles, Scrum Master, Developer, and Product Owner. After the most recent update, the roles shifted into more of accountabilities, meaning that one person can bear at the same time a Developer and a Scrum Master, for example, yet be careful making such a decision. First, you must carefully evaluate your situation. Okay, I'm going to stop there. David, I love you. I think you're a great guy, but that's a crock. That's wrong. They still define the three roles as Scrum Master, Product Owner, and Development Team. Nothing has changed. Nowhere have they said that the Scrum Master could be or should be a developer. Now, many people have taken nuances from the Scrum Guide and twisted those into meaning something that they, they, want, to, they want to have as an end result. Now, he goes on to say the more self-managing your team is, the less coaching you'll need. Now, that, that statement I agree with, but I don't know that that means trying to take all of the important duties of a Scrum Master uh, that, that they struggle to do on their own just with the Scrum Master role and combine that with responsibilities of a team member, especially a developer. The more agile your organization is, the less coaching your business stakeholders need. Okay, I'm also going to say that statement is false. The more agile your organization is, the more difficult or complex questions they're going to have. So what I've found is a good working model, or as a good working model, is that what we start with is some type of leadership kickoff, make sure everyone's on the same page, set realistic expectations, make sure we have a clear vision and strategy and North Star. There's lots of things you can do there. But then the very next step is to provide fundamental level training for teams and people doing the work, and then to back away and let them actually perform. Let them fumble a little bit. Let them make a couple of mistakes. Let them figure things out. But what will happen is over time, the more agile the organization becomes, the more specific or the more direct or the more engaged the questions will be. So oftentimes what I find is that while there's a lull for a short time of coaching, that the majority of the coaching we do are with the more mature, I've been through this, now what do I do about it, type of teams. So I would argue the more agile your organization is, the, the more coaching over time your business stakeholders are going to need because they're going to ha have different challenges that they need to understand. And, and I would argue that as, as things coalesce and as organizations mature, that the questions and the behaviors are going to be different. So there. So that, that's kind of an interesting assessment. Okay. So the more experienced your Scrum team becomes, Sharing accountabilities in a team tends to work pretty well. Now, let me be clear. Can a team member facilitate a daily scrum? Of course they can. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But it doesn't mean that they're the scrum master. And I think that when you start talking about accountability sharing, 
and you start leaning on things like racy, you're going to wind up with a hodgepodge mess of people who don't understand what their true responsibilities are. And they shirk some of the things they should be doing in order to meet the needs of something that they think they should be doing. And what winds up happening is predictability goes out of the window. So uh, the question goes on, how would a developer become a Scrum Master? Uh, before we talk about the pros and cons of developers being Scrum Masters, we ought to understand how developers end up wearing this hat. Uh, it's either by chance or by choice, is what he goes on to say. Uh, and I've seen that by chance, congratulations, you know, we need one person to be a Scrum Master, one, two, three, not it. Okay, the last person touching their nose is the Scrum Master. You know, and that that's never good, right? Because that person doesn't understand what they're getting themselves into. They don't understand all the responsibility behind being a Scrum Master, and they don't know how to necessarily cheerlead or promote their teams so that they can more adequately get value from the role of the Scrum Master job. So one of the things that people often misconstrue is that a Scrum Master is just there to solve problems. That's not true either. The Scrum Master is there to identify problems and to write prescriptions to help the team have all the tools necessary to solve the problems, but it doesn't mean that they're solving the problem for them. So in his scenario, he says, you know, imagine you're working as a developer for months, uh, whoever's in a role Scrum Master leaves the team, until a replacement is available, someone will have to wear this hat. So you get it, congratulations. That happens, right? But it should be the exception and not the rule. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how good someone is at that. It shouldn't be the the working rule. And then others by choice, he says, after years of working with software development, some developers want to go in a different direction. They want to pivot. A common choice is to become a Scrum Master or an Agile Coach. I, I don't see that. Most of the developers I see don't want to become Scrum Masters or Agile Coaches. They have other things. They want to become architects or tech leads. They're not interested in pursuing most, I'd say 90 plus percent are not interested in pursuing Scrum Master or Coach, which is really, really interesting. Uh, but when you do become a Scrum Master by choice, that increases your chance of success because, well, then you're taking on responsibilities that you study and you understand. Okay, I get that and that makes sense. But uh, some of the things that are common traps, regardless of how the developer becomes a Scrum Master, oftentimes they fall into some of these traps. Uh, commitment on behalf of the team. So technical Scrum Masters, with air quotes, know how to create a feature and they can commit on behalf of the team and they, they, they often get the team into trouble by doing so. Uh, it's not their responsibility to try to do both and they're not supposed to drive home and say, well, back when I did it, you know, nobody cares. I think the most important thing is that we get our head around, you know, what the Scrum Master should be doing and not allowing them to be in this position where they could even remotely consider, you know, committing on behalf of the team. Another example is they slide into a team lead. Depending on the Scrum Master's expertise, this person can slide into a team lead or project manager position. Okay, let's stop there again. There is no project manager in Agile. How many times do I have to say it? It's killing me. But it's so amazing that people still want to put that out there. You know, I think that the natural slide is into the team lead position, and they shouldn't be doing Scrum Master and team lead at the same time there, I said it. And uh, the third thing is it ends up limiting team development. Experienced developers have invaluable product and development knowledge, but it ends up taking away from the team's ability to produce working products and services. Okay, first thing you said, I agree with. I agree with that. Uh, some advantages. They have experience with the common pains and pain points. I don't disagree. They understand the importance of focus. I don't disagree. And solid arguments for, uh, for holding product owners accountable for understanding and for providing high quality work. Okay, these three points are all good. 
The problem is, I think someone in quality is better uh, refined to do all these things. They really understand the pain. They understand what it means to focus. Developers tend to have short attention spans. And I'm just really struggling with this article. Uh, but I think the big understanding and a big takeaway for me is that you really have to know that this is a different role and you have to understand what's going on. And even though you're an introvert, you have to understand that you do need to listen more than you speak, but that you do need to speak when it's time. And you need to, have to learn how to ask the powerful questions and, and understand that the servant leader is not a manager and they're two different things. And I just think that there's so many nuances that my recommendation right here, David, I, you know, like I said, I have nothing but respect for you. But I think that if you try to shoehorn a developer into a Scrum Master role, they're going to struggle. Now, have I seen people do it and do it successfully? I have. But I'm going to argue that those are few and far between. That's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a topic you want us to discover or, or, or you know, an article you want us to review, reach out to us at uh, learnmoreatagiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. Mm-hmm.